Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen is our state Senate president. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, will join us, as well as Dr. Richard Cube. He's the founder of Prairie Spine and Pain Institute. We'll be talking about bipartisan reform to help prevent uh, monopolization of health care. <clears throat> it is October the 17th, and on this day in 1973, the Arab-dominated Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, or OPEC, announced a decision to cut oil exports to the United States and other nations that provided military aid to Israel in the Yom Kippur War of October 1973. According to OPEC, uh, exports were to be reduced by 5% every month until Israel evacuated the territories occupied in the Arab-Israeli War of 1967. In December, a full oil embargo was imposed against the United States and several other countries, prompting a serious energy crisis in the United States and other nations dependent on foreign oil. OPEC was founded in 1960 by Saudi Arabia, Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, and Venezuela with the objective of raising the price of oil. Other Arab nations and third world oil producers joined in the 1960s and early 70s. For the first decade of its existence, OPEC had little impact on the price of oil, but by early 1970s, an increase in demand and the decline of oil production in the United States gave it more clout. In October 1973, OPEC ministers were meeting in Vienna when Egypt and Syria, non-OPEC nations, launched a joint attack on Israel after initial losses to the Yom Kippur War. Israel began beating back the Arab gains with help from the United States airlift, of arms and other military assistance from Netherlands and Denmark. <clears throat> by, 19, by October 17th, the tide had turned decisively against Egypt and Syria, and OPEC decided to use oil price increases as a political weapon against Israel and its allies. Israel, as expected, refused to withdraw from the occupied territories, and the price of oil increased by 70%. At OPEC's Tehran conference in December, oil prices were raised another 130%, and a total oil embargo was imposed on the United States, the Netherlands, and Denmark. Eventually, the price of oil quadrupled, causing a major crisis in energy in the United States and Europe that included price gouging, shortage, gas shortages, and rationing. In March 1974, the embargo against the United States was lifted after U.S. Secretary of State Henry Kissinger succeeded in negotiating a military disengagement agreement between Syria and uh, Israel. Oil prices, however, remained considerably higher than at the mid-1973 level. OPEC cut production several time, more times in the 70s, and by 1980, the price of crude was oil was 10 times what it had been in 1973. By early 1980s, however, the influence of OPEC on world oil prices began to decline. Western nations were successfully exploiting, exploiting uh, alternate oils and uh, gas energy uh, sources such as coal and nuclear power. 
stock. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> of course, this sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Now the uh, we're seeing that Saudi Arabia, for example, and OPEC is starting to increase the price of oil and affecting markets dramatically. Unfortunately, while our administration decides to have an oil policy or energy policy that makes no sense in terms of our resources and our ability to produce uh, very competitive oil uh, here in the United States and energy in the United States. Sadly, we're investing in windmills and sunbeams as opposed to uh, the great resource we have in the ground, which would be oil. Stocks started the week on a high note as investors wait for a slew of earnings reports while beginning to adjust to the risk of uh, imposed by the war in the Middle East. Uh, market the Dow Jones was up over 300 points yesterday. <clears throat> Futures are down just a little bit as I speak. At least 199 people are being held hostage by Hamas. The Israeli military said yesterday an increase from previous estimates of the number of people Hamas captured and brought back to the Gaza Strip after a surprise attack more than a week ago. Observers say the group may seek the release of Palestinian prisoners in exchange for the release of hostages. Israel also began evacuating 28 communities within 1.2 miles of its northern border shared with Lebanon, where its military has exchanged fire with Iran-backed Hezbollah. The group claims it uh, destroyed surveillance cameras on Israeli army posts along the Lebanon border. Uh, Israel uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu warned uh, Iran and Hezbollah to stay out of the conflict with Hamas. Of course, uh, uh, Hezbollah and Israel were at war in 2006. The death toll in Gaza has risen to more than 2,800 people with at least 10,500 people injured. The death toll in Israel stands at about 1,400. Most, of course, were happened during the Hamas initial attack. 3,900 folks have been injured, Israelis. At least 22 hostages have died as a result of the airstrikes, Hamas has claimed. Separately, U.S. officials opened a federal hate crimes investigation into a 71-year-old landlord accused of fatally stabbing a 6-year-old Palestinian boy, American, outside of Chicago. The attack was reportedly motivated by Israel-Hamas conflict. U.S. President Joe Biden is expected to visit Israel tomorrow in a show of support following U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's second trip to Israel yesterday since the conflict began. So I bet you Joe Biden doesn't hear let's go Brandon over in uh, Israel or FJB or anything like that. A federal judge limited the scope of uh, the Department of Justice's proposed gag order for uh, former President Donald Trump after raising concerns during a hearing on Monday. United States District Court's Tanya Judge Tanya Chutkin, an Obama appointee, granted the request order in part restricting statements about special counsel Jack Smith, his staff, witnesses, and court personnel while permitting Trump to make statements about the Biden administration and DOJ, according to reports. <laughs> it's just so I can't even believe it. I'm, re- I'm, I'm reading this and it's, this really happened. Smith's office requested an order last month that would restrict Trump from making a disparaging and inflammatory or intimidating statements about any party, witness, attorney, court personnel, or potential jurors. Chutkin expressed reservations about the broadness of the DOJ's proposed order. Uh, Chutkin rejected the defense's argument that Trump had entirely unrestricted First Amendment rights to make statements about any party in any case, noting that he still faces criminal charges. First Amendment 
uh, protections yield to the administration of justice and to the protection of witnesses, Chutkin said. Uh, his presidential candidacy does not give him carte blanche to vilify public servants. I guess he's referring to Jack Smith as a public servant. Serious questions about this. His, his whole efforts are politicized. Chutkin said Trump cannot, for instance, make statements calling the deranged and bullying prosecutors deranged or a thug. No other defendant would be allowed to do so, and I'm not going to allow it in this case, she said. Today's decision is an absolute abomination and another uh, partisan knife struck in the heart of the democracy by crooked Joe Biden, who was granted the right to muzzle his political opponent, the leading candidate for presidency in 2024, and the most popular political leader in America, President Donald J. Trump, the spokesperson said. President Trump will continue to fight for our Constitution, the American people's right to support him, and to keep our country free of the chains of weaponized and targeted law enforcement. So well said. So uh, there is a partial uh, muzzle on Trump. He can't say bad things about Jack Smith. Unbelievable. And by the way, Tim Scott's super uh, political action committees Supporting his candidacy, clawed back some of their advertising airtime it had purchased this fall with its chair writing in a memo to backers that we aren't going to waste our money where the electorate isn't focused or ready for an alternative to current GOP frontrunner Donald Trump. The memo said the group would uh, wait until closer to Iowa's leadoff caucuses to reconsider their decision. Quite frankly, I think this is a great decision, and I'd think that more of these candidates would uh, perhaps have, lose some of their backing and financial backing when they see that uh, their money is just all going for naught. Uh, they're investing money in advertising and all kinds of efforts to reduce the impact of Donald Trump while he continues to lead in the polls by a large margin. Well, Representative Jim Jordan uh, told CNN on Monday that he's optimistic about receiving the 217 votes to be named the new House Speaker when the chamber convenes today. One of the other top candidates for the position, Steve Scalise, withdrew from the ballot last week and narrowly losing, uh, narrowly losing to Jordan in the earlier GOP poll. Jordan said it's important to get a speaker seated Tuesday so the House can resume its business and work on an aid package to Israel. Jordan uh, said... <laughs> That's not a very good reason, but nevertheless, Jordan said he's uh, willing to go to the floor vote, even if he does not have the 217 required votes, and will stand for uh, several ballots for the House to resume its work. Uh, despite the infighting with, uh, within the party that led to McCarthy's ouster and the current impasse in replacing him, Jordan said the party will likely come together and vote in a speaker during the uh, session today. We get the speaker, we get the house open, and we get to work on a resolution and supplemental for Israel, and we get back to work for the American people, he said. That's what I'm committed to doing, and I think this will happen. And he certainly has garnered a lot more support uh, uh, with uh, more and more representatives falling in line and supporting uh, Jordan. There's still a couple of outliers. Uh, hopefully, uh, they'll come in line. <clears throat> This may help, though. Conservative donors are pledging to withhold funding from Republican House members who refuse to support House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan for Speaker. As the House is set to vote for a Speaker on Tuesday, that's today, there are 11 House rep uh, Republicans who have refused to say they would support Jordan, putting him short of the necessary 217 votes he would need on the floor. Uh, I think he can only afford to lose four or five votes. Uh, GOP donors are telling the caller 
that will be they will be withholding their donations to anyone who does not end end up supporting Jordan for the vote. Pretty impressive, impressive stuff. So uh, as one former congressman told me one time, it was Kurt Clausen. He served for about, I think, four years in the, in the House of Representatives, three years. He said, you know, Bob, we have uh, the best government that money can buy. Money is the mother milk of politics, and it certainly uh, is playing out right now in this decision. Microsoft revealed on Wednesday that the IRS is attempting to collect $28.9 billion in back taxes, but says it will appeal, a process expected to take years in the making. The revelation comes after the IRS audit and mark into Microsoft that spanned from 2004 to 13, the IRS determined that the tech giant owes an additional $28.9 billion in taxes plus penalties and interest, according to the press release. So somehow, someway, I think the IRS will probably end up settling this for a smaller amount, but it's going to be a lot of money. Just my thoughts. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasanomo, our state senate president. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. 
or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Good morning. Have a great day. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets to some great performances coming up. The website is gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state Senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Uh, So, uh, I understand you're in Tallahassee. Kathleen, are you there? Kathleen, uh, are you there? Hello, hello, Kathleen. Hello? <laughs> you must be in the elevator. <laughs> no, no, I'm in. I'm in. Uh, um, I'm in a parking garage. Ah, uh, okay. So I understand you're in Tallahassee today. Yes. And w- can you hear me? Yes, I can. Uh, and so, okay. and so, uh, uh, and I think you're having a committee week this week, if I'm not mistaken. We are, uh, and and also we have uh, start, starting to hear bills. Um, we also have the designation of uh, uh, Senator Albright to succeed me next November as president of the Senate, and uh, it's been a, it's been really. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in a parking garage, so it's hard to hear. <laughs> well, no worries. We can hear you just fine right now. So, Okay. Uh, I, I just want to, I think it's just great how the uh, governor has responded to the uh, crisis in Israel, working to get back Syrian uh, citizens yeah, of Florida. He's issued a, um, a proclamation, um, and we're going to have a press conference tomorrow in support of Israel. And... Uh, Wait a minute. I'm sorry. No, no worries, Kathleen. It, it's uh, it's kind of a busy day. I'm late for a meeting, and I. Uh... Well, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate yeah. you joining us here because uh, I, you know, I would not attempt the multitasking that you're attempting right right now. Yeah, and I, it's hard. You're breaking up. I can't hear you. I. Uh... Well, I'm so sorry, Kathleen. Anyhow, I just want to express the sentiment that uh, we're very happy to see how the governor's responded to the crisis. And uh, one of the things he said is he doesn't want Palestinians over here. That was one of my concerns is that uh, Biden would try and bring tens of thousands of Palestinians to the United States. And uh, I'm not sure that's a good cultural fit. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. So um, I'm going to I'm going to have to hang up because i can't hear all right kathleen i just genuinely appreciate the attempt though thank you so much for joining us here on the show thank you Uh, my pleasure so uh we won't have that interview today but just continuing here with the microsoft situation uh i the uh irs is going to looking for 28.9 billion dollars in taxes from microsoft uh, it's been working with the IRS on an audit for nearly a decade. <clears throat> the audit was uh, meant to address questions about how the company allocated its income and expenses during all those years. And that's 2004 to 13. So uh, the other thing that's happened is Microsoft, I believe, is the owner of LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is, uh, is uh, laying off 700 people. 
pretty good website for people who are looking for a job. I, I happen to post my show on LinkedIn, and uh, seven, 700 people is a lot of folks, so perhaps this is the indication of a downturn in the tech sector uh, in the economy right now. Uh, every other major airline, every major airline and several others have discovered fraudulent engine parts and components in their planes, according to a, a part-time DJ may be to blame. AOG Technics, a London-based airplane parts distributor found by, founded by an amateur entrepreneur and disc spinner, Jose Alejandro Zamora Irala, has been providing the makers of the world's most widely used aircraft engine with bogus components like turbine blades and falsifying safety documents for years. According to Bloomberg, the parts haven't haven't, uh, caused any flight emergencies, but at least 126 affected engines have been identified while airlines and maintenance shops are still combing through their inventories. Replacing the fake pieces could cost up to $300,000 per engine on top of the revenue lost by grounding the faulty planes. How did one distributor fool a whole industry? AOG forged signatures and faked more than 90 safety certificates to sell used components labeled as brand new, regulators and executives said. An FAA-endorsed quality assurance firm even accredited the company. But Zamora Urala now uh, appears to have operated a house of cards. AOG's office address is just a rented mail drop. <laughs> and now deleted LinkedIn profiles from AOG executives were reportedly fabricated using stock images. Can you believe that? It's just operating from a mailbox and selling uh, engine parts to uh, uh, major airlines. Incredible. What a heist. Unbelievable. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Boo Mortensen. Uh, Boo is a former radio personality in Madison, Wisconsin. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratoscale Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board and they help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the state legislatures. You can find out more and visit the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Boo Mortensen, former radio personality in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, always bringing us entertaining and thoughtful commentary. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, it's my pleasure, Bob. I'll tell you, every day uh, certainly brings uh, a new set of circumstances to the world, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I mean, we're talking about what happened in Gaza and, and Israel and so many things that are happening around the world. It's, I don't think I remember a more chaotic time than we're having right now. I, I don't either. <clears throat> I, it's, it's, um, you don't know where, what it, part of the world to be worried about first. You know, it just all is blending together. We've had to live with the Ukrainian war and now all of this. And it's just tragic. It is indeed. But so, I have an idea okay. for somebody for the Speaker of the House. Uh-huh. What about George Bush? Well, you know, I, my, my theory is that uh, I think, <clears throat> I'm not sure that he'd want the job. Has he said he'd want the job? No. Okay. <laughs> well, no, of course not. Who wants the job? Nobody wants it. Well, uh, Trump said he'd take it if, if asked. Uh, but I think right now, as I'm looking at the situation, I think the pop- politics of the situation, I think that Jim Jordan is going to end up today becoming the Speaker of the House. You think he's going to get it? I do think so. Uh, right now, a bunch of folks have jumped on board. And apparently, this major PAC has said, you know, if uh, you if you don't vote for uh, Jordan, we're not going to give you money. <laughs> so that ought to I seal the deal. <laughs> wow! Oh, there's that's politics for you. Absolutely. You know, I I, I repeat this. I said this earlier in the show, but. Uh, Kurt Clausen is was our former House of Represent- Representative uh, here in the Paradise Coast, and he after he resigned his position or didn't run a- again for his position, he told me he said, "Bob, you know, we've got the best government that money can buy, and just it's just becomes yeah. more par- apparent all the time. Everything is is uh, influenced greatly by money." Of course. Yeah. Of course it is. It's what runs everything. Which I think it's what the it's the grease that uh, greases the wheels. They say it's the mother milk of politics. Wow. Well, and we're naive to think it's some higher alternative, right? Uh, or that they're altruistic. They want better for mankind. They may start out that way, but I think that power corrupts. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, they end up doing it all for money. Well, you know, there was once a, a myth that uh, people who went into politics were doing it for public service and for the common good and so forth. 
recent studies have shown that uh, politicians have self-interest at heart as, as much as anything else. They're motivated heavily by self-interest. And that you can see that with the outcome of what happens in terms of uh, if somebody gets a contribution from uh, Pfizer, you know, they're not going to say anything bad about the uh, big, big uh, pharma, you know, they're, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, that's just how it works. Yes. Remember Senator Proxmire from Wisconsin? I do. And he, he to me, epitomizes the best of what a politician could be. We've gone downhill from that. I don't remember. Uh, I do remember that uh, I think he was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, kind of a wild card in that. Wasn't he a Republican in a Democrat state at the time? Yes. Yep. And he wouldn't take money, he wouldn't take bribes, he wouldn't pay attention to special interest groups. He discounted lobbyists when he flew home, he sat on the back of the plane. Yeah. He was there for the betterment of people, and he was everything that was good about a politician. Well, there's a I think if you had to say what is good about a politician today, I'm not sure people could, could even come up with two things. Yeah, no, there are a few up there in, in uh, Washington that are like that. I think Ron Johnson might be one of them. I, I think he's, is he from Wisconsin? Yeah. Yeah. So, How about that? Yeah, so, uh, and uh, there's a few others. Mac Gates, no matter what you think about his decision to uh, uh, call the uh, Speaker out, uh, Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, and to replace him, but uh, he doesn't take any money from uh, special interests at all either. So uh, he's pretty courageous in that way. He's not influenced by big money. No. Well, we can count him on about three hands. That's right. Three fingers. That's right. That is, yeah. I have to ask you, you know, I read a uh, statistic this morning on Pew <coughs> Research, and they said that 82% of Jewish adults in the United States care about Israel and caring about Israel is an essential or important part of what being Jewish means to them. Uh-huh. So you can really see how volatile and emotional a lot of Jewish people that live in America feel about what's going on. I've contacted a couple of them, and they're just emotional wrecks about all of this. You know, and, you know, you watch the TV, and I know you've talked about this before, but, you know, I don't come from a, you know, military background or anything. You just watch what you see on TV. Mm-hmm. You cannot believe man's inhumanity to man. So true. I think that's such an important point. I mean, uh, the... Uh uh, during the Second World War, the atrocities, in fact, yesterday was uh, the uh, anniversary of the day that the uh, uh, Nazis were hanged for uh, their atrocities against the Jews mm-hmm. uh, and the Nuremberg tri- as a result of the Nuremberg trials. But, you know, that was the inhumanity there, but can you imagine chopping off the heads of babies and the things that went on? These uh, The Hamas and what they've done is just beyond... It's inhuman it's just uh, unbelievable are they so possessed with hatred that you lose your ability to to think in a rational manner i mean the guy that does something like that he goes home 
he sits down, he thinks about the day's events and what he's done. Yeah. How does he justify that? Well, in somehow, some way, I guess he's fabricated in his own, own mind the evilness of this Jewish Jewish group. So, I mean, to me, it makes absolutely no... Why, why in the world would you want to put your head higher than somebody else? I mean, everybody should have the right to live their lives and pursue their own goals. That's one of the beautiful things about America. Irrespective of your background and who you are, you have a right to pursue happiness mm-hmm. here in the United States. And for some reason... Some people in the globe, on the globe, think that somehow, some way, because of my background or who I am, uh, I'm, I'm uh, more deserving and better than other people. And that's a fallacious idea. It is. But, I mean, what do you think about what's going on on all the universities? You know, I was told that <clears throat> these law students, they graduated from Harvard Law School, and they were seen, photos were taken of them, and they sent a letter in support of Hamas, and a guy that's an executive on Wall Street saw the photo, saw the letters, identified, went about identifying these kids that were Harvard Law graduates, found out where they had gotten internships, and sent the letter and said, are these the type of people that you're hiring Yeah, that support? And do you hear that? I don't know if that's an urban rumor, but I don't, I mean... What's wrong with these students? Well, you know, what's interesting about this, this, this is there's the parallel, and the first parallel that I thought about when you said that is that uh, organizations like Bud Light are seeing consequences for their actions. You know, they hire this guy to, uh, or yeah. who's a, a cross-dresser or whatever, uh, in order to, to represent their beer, and it, it costs them dearly. I mean, it's cost them uh, a huge market share, unbelievable market share. And the same thing is happening with students now, right now. They decide they're going to uh, protest in, in uh, support of Hamas. Well, now employers are saying, we don't want you here. Uh, we're, yep. Word is getting out. I, I I love the fact that there are consequences. I do, too. Yeah, how's that working for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and and if, if, doesn't it just raise the question about, are you saying that you've got an education and, and you're taking that position? You seem to, you know, how unsophisticated, how stupid is that to support Hamas? Oh, my heavens, yeah. Yeah. I, I like the fact that somebody said, I'm not going to put up with this, <clears throat> and these kids are going to learn. Yeah. They, they're going to, like you said, they're going to learn the power of their consequences and of their decisions and see how that works for them in the long run. Um, you know, I remember going to Wisconsin and demonstrating against the Vietnam War, especially because there was a draft. Right. And that was such a scary time. But we were so militant about being in the Vietnam War. Right. But this is nothing like what the Vietnam War was like. I mean, this is such so much, I mean, it was so horrible then. I mean, war is war. It's, it, war is bad. But for people to see what's going on on TV and say, well, there's no concrete proof. Concrete proof? Yeah. What about videos? I know. It's just, I mean, well, back in the Vietnam, one of the things I remember so, so much of being against the Vietnam War at the time is all the lies that were being uh, floated by the uh, mainstream media and by the public and by the government, telling us about how many people were killed and so 
war in Vietnam. And uh, the whole thing was a house of cards, unfortunately. And sadly, you know, the Second World War, we fought the war to win. Uh, yeah. We had no reason, you know, no reason to be in Vietnam, unfortunately. So these regional skirmishes that we end up getting in on, we're, we're in them again, unfortunately, uh, with regard to Ukraine and uh, Russia. So uh, when, when will we learn, Boo? I don't know. And, you know, because of this, of both of these wars going on simultaneously, and people were even starting to pull back <coughs> in some of their support for the Ukraine. They were like, how much more money are we going to throw at all of this? Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that changes. Not that it's not horrific in its own right, but it, it you know, how much, how many war fronts can you be on at one time? Well, according to Janet Yellen, she said yesterday, no problem. We can fight. <laughs> I thought easy for her to say. (laughs) Meanwhile, she's uh, chicken licking here little. She's uh, complaining about the fact that the government's going to shut down. So uh, get your uh, stories right there, lady. Uh, Boo, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. My pleasure indeed, Boo. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. 
And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that Lula Bee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center is serving dinner Saturday, Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m. The menu's terrific, and it's great value, informal. Uh, take a break and enjoy Lula Bee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center for dinner, Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. Richard Cube. He wrote a column for Newsweek. Uh, right now, we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. I can't. We're not doing it. Uh, uh, we, we, we exist for this aside scope and sphere of influence of government, and unfortunately... It's not happening. Well, your voice is so important. Keep up the good work, Seton. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you. You wrote a column. Uh, Bidenomics, big banks writing off most bad loans since China virus lockdowns. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, it's the most in three years, which is a problem because, of course, three years ago it's the lockdowns when everybody, nobody was paying their mortgages or anything because the, every, the, the economy was shut down. Yeah. The fact that we, we, you know, allegedly we're getting better because of Bidenomics, and we're getting worse because of Bidenomics. I mean, we're we were better off two years ago. We were better off a year ago than we are now in this regard. Mm -hmm. And what this is is, it's mostly mortgages, but it's not just mortgages. It's it's just bad loans, and they don't mean bad as in we made a bad loan. It's just they're not being paid. Right. So the banks are just writing them off. It was like five point four billion dollars in these loans. Wow. Just last quarter. Wow. And, um, yeah, and this is a woman, um, Miss Najarian, I can't remember her name, so an unusual name, made some very important points in the, um, in the article. She was quoted very shortly, but she said a lot of stuff in a very short burst. One of the things she said was, and this is really important, is it's not just mortgages, it's commercial properties. You know, I, I, uh, when I was still living in Maryland in 2020, March of 2020, I was walking with my dog along the Chesapeake Bay. My neighbor came and was very excited because her son had just graduated with a degree in commercial real estate. And I said, why didn't he? I didn't say this, but I wanted to say, why didn't he just major in dinosaur husbandry? <laughs> because they're both extinct. Yeah. Um, you know, with, one of the things that, one of the outcomes of, the lockdowns was people, a lot of people that were going into offices and, you know, commuting an hour each way and wasting their lives in cars realized I, I can do my job at home. Right. And so all these bosses and all these companies are holding commercial real estate that they can't either rent out or, or aren't using and they can't sell because no one else wants to use it. So that, that bubble hasn't even burst yet. That's just starting to become a thing. Um, and it, there are so many bad loans out there that the, that the Ms. Najarian said it's going to affect the creditworthiness of the big banks themselves. Yeah. That's such because an they, important... Oh, they hold a... so much bad paper that it's going to affect them. It's so, and such that's an obviously not a good thing for the economy. Yeah, it's such a, an important point. And you know, we don't hear anything about that in the news uh, anymore. But it's... And she said that, too. She said, <clears throat> we're not discussing this. We're not discussing the, the, the big banks are on the verge of, of, of credit problems for themselves. Right. You know, we're talking Wells Fargo. We're talking Bank of America. We're talking big banks. 
It's funny. On CNN right now, our CNBC on, on alert just had a big thanks Tyron up. Um, but, but um, yes, and of course, the reason they're not talking about this is, and I've been saying this for years, you know, I was born, you know, like you, I was born in the D.C. area, so I've watched this my whole life. Yeah. And the, what immediately became apparent to me when I was very young was it's a giant scam. Yeah. And what both sides, Republican and Democrat, the Uniparty, is doing in D.C. is not what's best for the American people. It's what's best for them. They're propping up the collapsing system for as long as possible to keep shoveling our money into their wallets and, and just keep that going as long as possible before the whole thing collapses in a heap. That's the objective of D.C. right now. And that's one of the... Uh, way back in 2016, I was I had an ex-girlfriend who's a socialist. She's a little legitimate socialist who led a big Bernie Sanders effort in the primary, and she was so disgusted by how corrupt Hillary Clinton was because she's a socialist, but she's a morally honest person. I know that sounds contradictory, but it can exist. You can yeah. be you you cannot be a thief and still be a socialist and not realize socialism in and of itself. It's very naive. Yeah. But it you know it, it it can happen, and so I to this day don't know she 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 was torn between voting for Trump or Clinton, and I to this day do not know how she voted, and that was the early indication of the paradigm shift politically that has taken place in the United States. The preeminent fight right now isn't right versus left or Democrat versus Republican, it's the U.S. versus D.C. You know, you, I, that's, I, I cannot, that's the fight that's going on now. I cannot disagree with you. I, was, I just, in so many ways, just agree that right now, uh, the big government is the enemy of the people right now. Unfortunately, when you go, yes. to, when you go through the list of things right now, the, the quote-unquote accomplishments or achievements of the Biden administration, not one of them does anything for the American people. That's right. That's right. And, and, and again... <laughs> I said this about, the, you know, everyone's freaking out because we haven't had a speaker for two weeks. Meanwhile, McCarthy shut down the government without passing a budget for six weeks. Right. Just prior to being vacated. Right. Um, and and <clears throat> he's, you know, they're required by law to pass 12 budget bills. Right. And, and put them together and make a budget every year, every, every year, every two years. They're supposed to do this. And they haven't done it since 1996. Right. And, and so for that alone, I said McCarthy had to go. And, and of course, the defenders of D.C. said, well, he never would have passed the Senate and Biden certainly would have signed. I said, that's not the point. That's exactly I said, right. I agree with that. I agree with I'm you. I'm sorry, said. real quick. If you're interested in highlighting all the wasteful spending, you go through the process. Right. The problem is McCarthy wasn't interested in highlighting that. That's exactly right. And I'm so proud. I mean, uh, a lot of people attack Gates for wh what he did, but I think he's a hero in my mind because yeah. now the message is it's a shot across the bow. Anybody who takes the speaker's gavel, you better follow the process or we're going to say next we'll get somebody else in the role. I hope that, that's, that's the, I hope that's and, the mentality. And, and to, the, to the Republicans' <laughs> everlasting shame, there were only eight that voted to vacate. Right, right. And yet, uh, we'll see what happens today. I, I have a feeling that uh, Jim Jordan is going to pull it off, but I hope we can trust him with the gavel, and he'll do uh, uh, he'll he'll do what he's supposed to do. Well, I've already does. seen some squish Republicans saying, oh, I, can't, "I can't explain to my constituency electing Jim Jordan." 
I'm like, I bet you haven't talked to your constituency about it because <laughs> yeah. they love him over McCarthy. You clown. But to underscore yes, your your point, I really worry about commercial real estate. What's going on? You know, the government only seventy seventy five percent of the offices of the United States government in Washington D.C. are vacated because people are working from home still. After the mandate, right. after the mandate, right. they're supposed to come back to work. And of course, you're using work and federal government employee in the loosest possible definition. <laughs> That's exactly. Carry on, sorry. No, Seton Motley again, the founding president of Less Government. I hope you'll visit the website lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Dr. Richard Cube. He's the CEO and founder of Prairie Spine and Pain Institute. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round, Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Dr. Richard Cuby. He's the CEO and founder of the Prairie Spine and Pain Institute. Dr. Cuby, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you for having me on this morning. A pleasure indeed. So you wrote a column for News. It's Newsweek, I think, uh, yes, that uh, it's called Bipartisan Reform Can Prevent Healthcare Monopolization. Uh, such an important topic. Maybe you could tell us about it. Sure. Uh, well, I don't think anybody is uh, unaware of how much healthcare costs keep skyrocketing. 
in uh, this country, and there, I think there's certainly a lot of different things that can be done. <clears throat> People suggest a lot of different things. My personal belief is markets are the solution. Uh, it's the best way to put willing buyers and sellers together and, you know, cut through all the nonsense. But, you know, we certainly are unfortunately saddled with this governmental juggernaut right. of bureaucracy that, uh, uh, as long as we're stuck with that, you know, as per typical, the government government always kind of gets it wrong. And, and a lot of the reason is because you can't really centrally plan. Uh, there are too many unforeseen circumstances, and this article is talking about one of those. So, <clears throat> as an example, if you go for a medical office visit to my office, I'm standing here right now, and see me, there's a certain fee that you'll end up paying for that office because my site is a freestanding medical office. Mm -hmm. Now, for some reason, I lost my mind and sold to the hospital this afternoon, and uh, they own my practice. With the simple change of the sign out front, you know, a lot of times, you know, now, now they can, in many ways, whenever they can claim that, okay, well, that's a hospital site, they actually get reimbursed 60 plus percent, sometimes double, for the same exact service. Wow. And that obviously drives a lot of cost. And that's just one of many examples of where <clears throat> unforeseen circumstances happen when you're trying there's no there's nobody smart enough to really plan all of this stuff centrally you can't really know all the little side circumstances and and then react like a market can in those situations so and dr hubie i think that explains why we're seeing so many practices medical practices as healthcare practices being bought up by hospitals well <clears throat> that certainly is another byproduct because I, as a hospital, if I'm able to generate more revenue with the same service, you know, if I'm in private practice, you know, I have a certain margin. You know, the national average for orthopedics right now is mm, low 60-something percent, 60-65 percent of your gross is overhead. Uh -huh. Okay, but if I have the ability to charge and collect more, well, then I can go out and buy up primary care offices because I know that <clears throat> uh, with the additional bump, it takes my margin to almost 100% of what that primary care doctor could actually generate. Yeah. And so <clears throat> they have the ability to go in, buy up primary care practices. So now <clears throat> your choices are fewer for primary care which is going to drive the cost up. The hospitals know that for every $1 they spend on the primary care, there are another $23 downstream. Yeah. So now they have that. And then the next step is then the specialties, right? Because <clears throat> while my practice controls its own referral source, I mean, I knew a long ago I needed to do that, and I got myself involved in new technology, cutting edge, staying in the forefront, and so I have people coming to see me from all over the place. But the standard practice, they rely upon primary care doctors in their own community for pretty much all of their referrals. Right. And so when these hospitals buy those primary care offices, they now, in essence, by proxy, own or at least control the specialty offices. 
And over time, that drives the specialties to then be owned and employed by the hospital. And before long, you have a complete monopoly in your community, and monopolies don't really ever drop prices. That's so, so interesting. you continue to have this cycle that's auto-generated by various policy created, well, frankly, at the federal level. So, Dr. Kuby, uh, what's the solution? How can, we, uh, how can we get things back on a level playing field? Well, I mean, if I had a magic wand tomorrow, <clears throat> frankly, I'd take the government completely out of all health care. I, I frankly don't think it's even constitutional right. uh, for them to be involved in large, vast segments of the market. But <clears throat> I think free markets are the solution. Uh, and I think you see things like direct primary care. You know, they have passed some laws allowing people to use health savings accounts towards direct primary care. Well, those docs actually are performing health care, not sick care. Right. So the other problem that we see is how much time a doc owned by a hospital really has. They got maybe, by the time you figure out their panel, how many patients they have to see, you know, the how many minutes they have to spend in documentation for quote unquote meaningful use criteria with their electronic records, they have maybe six, seven minutes per patient. Right. You can't manage complex diabetes, uh, hypertension, and maybe, you know, controllable atrial fibrillation or something in a seven-minute visit. You just you can't do it. Right. And so that ends up being multiple referrals to specialists and other things that really probably wouldn't be necessary. And so having a true quarterback keeping you healthy and being on top of things the way they can if they're spending a half hour, an hour with you, is going to, A, just keep you healthier, which drives down the cost for everybody. Uh, <clears throat> but then they're also going to be frugal as well. They're going to look for, hey, well, maybe you can go to this freestanding MRI over here for your MRI and pay 500 bucks instead of go to the hospital and pay $4,000. Same exact MRI. And, darn right. and so there's a lot of that that can, that can happen and help. And I think <clears throat> the more... Companies that are self-funded, self-insured businesses that self-fund, self-insure their employee health coverage, as they start to learn that they really can act as a cash customer, <clears throat> go out and shop for providers in the free market world. So the Free Market Medical Association has been around now for most of a decade. Yeah. And <clears throat> to find those kinds of options, they, there are companies that are doing that and saving millions of dollars. And this isn't, you know, talking about companies like Caterpillar or IBM. These are companies with, you know, that are <clears throat> county governments, city governments, with just the police fire or <clears throat> teachers unions for uh, uh, a district. And so these groups, you can really move the needle. I know for me, if I do a spine fusion, I know the companies in my area are paying about $150,000 <clears> based upon the paperwork I've seen come across my desk if they have a lumbar fusion in my area. That's their in-network contracted yeah. rate with the hospital. I can do the same thing for 38000 bucks. Holy mackerel. Dr. Richard Kuby, again, CEO and founder of Prairie Spine and Pain Institute. Uh, the, the column, by the way, is in Newsmax. I don't see which. Uh, oh, it's the uh, 
September 14th edition of Newsmax. I, I highly recommend. It's called Bipartisan Reform Can Prevent Healthcare Monopolization. Dr. Hubie, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you having me today. My Thank pleasure. You so much. My pleasure indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got some great guests lined up for tomorrow as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>